We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sean Payton, keep talking that we're going to see him soon. You feel me? All right, welcome to another episode of Z Budding Heads Podcast. I did say Z? Z Budding Heads Podcast from Ramsack Radio. Proud part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and sponsored by TickPick, the original no-fee ticket website. I'm here with Johnny Gomez. Johnny, first time in three weeks we're doing a Rams podcast and they didn't lose within the last two days. It feels pretty good, right? Wow, that just went depressing real quick, didn't it? <laughs> it's a very, uh, like a very 2011 thing to say as a Rams fan. You know, I'm trying to forget those times, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> you you gotta you gotta live through the bad to uh, get ready for the good. Yeah, so no game this week for the Rams. Uh, they sat through a bye week. All things considered, not the worst bye week to get through some big teams. Uh, in their, you know, similar in the standings to them, lost this week, including. The Green Bay Packers, who we are going to talk extensively about on this podcast. The uh, Cowboys also lost, so <laughs> not not too bad of a bye week. But most importantly, the Rams didn't lose, which is great. And they will head into week 12. Holy shit. Week 12, <laughs> hoping to snap their two-game win streak against one of the best teams in the conference. So delightful. But it's Thanksgiving week. We're going to start this podcast on a positive note. Johnny, I want to know, what about this Rams team sitting here week 11, 7-3? and three, What are you thankful for, man? You know, there's a lot to be thankful. I know coming into a, a bye week, losing two straight doesn't seem like there's a lot to be thankful of. But, you know, there's actually quite a few things that, Ram fans should be thankful for. And one thing that immediately comes to mind is the offensive line. Uh, I mean, considering 
we didn't know who the starting offensive line outside of uh, outside of Andrew Whitworth and Rob Havenstein was going to be, really. Uh, and yeah, we figured David Edwards would kind of fix into the mix a little bit, but um, we didn't we didn't really know who they'd be or how consistent they'd be. And other than maybe one game, they've been a very solid unit. Like even even last uh, or well two weeks ago when the Rams lost to the 49ers, they were still a damn good offensive line. Maybe not the best performance ever, but did a solid job. It was really the only game was the Titans game that that they, you know, looked horrible. But to be fair, the entire team looked horrible, so there's that. But uh, completely thankful for the offensive line. And uh, before I move into another area is there anything anything you're thankful for steve or would you like to add on that well it's you know it says a lot about the offensive line like considering how much we talk about creed humphrey on this podcast chalk that one off your uh butting heads bingo card uh, a creed humphrey mention <laughs> we certainly talk about him a whole lot fucking more if the line was bad this year because it would just amplify how bad of a draft pick that is. But no, they've been great. Uh, they, they've they rarely been at fault for, for games. I mean, the Titans won. Maybe that's the only real thing that comes to mind. And, and even in that game, it was mainly because of penalties and not them just not being good. Brian Allen's been really solid at center. We've been really happy with how he's played, uh, especially considering what he looked like two years ago. It, it They've been delightful. I mean, my biggest stinks as a Rams fan is – you know, I'm thankful for Matthew Stafford, man. For the good and the bad, he is a pleasure to watch. And the team was so fucking boring the last two years. Like, watching them play offense was like, it was like watching paint dry. And, and you know, sometimes it dried successfully and sometimes you had streaks everywhere. But Stafford is just exciting. It's high-powered. It's... It's a delight to watch. Even even in the bad, at least at least they're trying things. Um, you know, it's tough to say. I'm thankful for Stafford after their previous two games, but I certainly am. I I am glad he's here, and I'm looking forward to watching him on Sunday. Just to be clear, uh, if if Brian Allen sucked this year, this would be a Creed Humphrey podcast. This would not even be butting heads anymore. But. Mm-hmm. Um, no, there's. I mean, he's going to be a name that we're going to bring up forever. It seems like uh, because it'll still be relevant. But to add a little bit more onto what you were saying with Matthew Stafford, yeah, that's absolutely true. I, I don't know how good the Rams would be this year if we were still rolling with Jared Goff. I still think Jared Goff is a very talented quarterback. Uh, I know if you look at, you know, his current situation with the Lions. I'm pretty sure, you know, it'd be hard to to really agree with that. But let's be fair. If Matthew Stafford was still with the Detroit Lions, I'm not entirely certain it'd be any different. Uh, Maybe uh, uh, at least one or two wins. I don't know. Maybe. But, um, yeah, I I have to say I'm very grateful with uh, Matthew Stafford, though. you know, he, he's not perfect. He's made his fair share of mistakes. Uh, there are times where I do get frustrated uh, because of 
you know, miscommunication or overthrown balls. But in the end, that's a frustration that I'm actually glad to see. I'd rather have Matthew Stafford overthrow a ball that he's actually daring enough to throw downfield than just see Jared Goff throw the same <laughs> the same passes to the sidelines or the same passes in slants and just yeah I, I'm glad that it's a it, it's a problem that I'm happy to see of sorts you know because at least it, it's an option you know right it's you take the good with the bad, and it's more good than bad this year. I will say that the Lions would have a couple wins if they had Stafford. I don't know if they'd have over three, uh, but I don't think they'd be winless. Also, <laughs> for those who listened to the podcast last week and heard me say that I thought the Lions were going to beat the Browns this week, I didn't know Jared Goff wasn't going to play. I would never fucking bet on Tim Boyle to do anything, and I still was almost right. Uh, they almost won, and I'm going to put it on the record again, Johnny. If Jared Goff plays this week, the Lions are winning on Thanksgiving against the Bears. Wow, that's a that's a pretty bold prediction put there. Put it on but... the record. I don't. I'm not even taking it as a bold prediction. This is a regular prediction. If Goff is active, they beat the Bears, and if Tim Boyle is a starter, they do not beat the Bears. <laughs> uh, I mean. I can't even say anything because we're just coming off a week, you know, uh, that the Tennessee Titans, the team that demolished the Rams, straight up embarrassed the Rams, just got embarrassed by the, the Houston Texans. So, like, literally, this year is so open to anything. Like, I, I don't I don't know if there's a team that hasn't been embarrassed yet. Um no, I, I well, I mean, there's the Arizona Cardinals, I guess that uh, they lost two games so far this season. Uh, yeah, not. I mean, really, they didn't lose to anyone that would be embarrassing. So they're about the only team. Yeah, they might be the best example. It, the Packers got routed by the Saints in Week One. So um, yep. yeah, in this Lions Browns game, Baker Mayfield had a. QBR of 8.6 <laughs> and he wasn't the worst quarterback in the game because Tim Boyle had a 6.7 that's freaking incredible 15 of 23 for 77 yards he averaged 3.3 yards of pass no touchdowns two interceptions <laughs> that's wow Good right. lord so yeah if you're if you're if any of you have any doubts about Matthew Stafford, uh, yeah, just look no further than, well, either Baker Mayfield or, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, tr- truthfully, Baker Mayfield, like, what a disappointment that, I mean, it's like the curse of quarterbacks over there in Cleveland. Just when you think they have, like, a decent signal caller there, it just goes to hell. If you had to build a team around one of Baker Mayfield or Jared Goff, who would you take today? Goff, hands yeah. down. <laughs> I know, I, I agree. I, you know, the funny thing is I don't know if I would say that like a year or two ago, but um, 
you know, I, I understand that Baker Mayfield is still young and all, but, you know, at least with Goff, he, say what you will about the guy, he took the Rams to the Super Bowl. That that's that's an accomplishment. While he didn't win the Super Bowl, and yes, he had help. Um, the, that that's still quite an accomplishment that Baker Mayfield may never see. So yeah, yeah. I wonder what happens to him next year. You know, I don't think they're going to give him a big extension. And I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, but I also wouldn't be shocked if if somebody picked him up to be their starter either. Uh, it's it'll be interesting. I, I also wouldn't, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> anywho. So, Steve, is there any any uh, other position that you're thankful for? I could think of one more. I mean, I'm definitely thankful for the big three, of course, in Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, and Cooper Cup, who has firmly established himself in that three. I mean, y- you just you don't you, people forget to say thanks for their health, say thanks for the food they're eating. Because you're just so used to it being there. And like with Aaron Donald, it's just it's he's been here for so long. He's been so good for so long. We we just don't we don't thank him enough. And so I definitely want to thank him and Ramsey and Cup and just this team in general for not being terrible. Uh we went through years of our lives watching the Rams just be a fucking like joke. Uh you know, I used to tell people i was a rams fan they'd be like why what are you doing uh but now they're good and even when they're bad you know they're still like the, their worst year in the last four years they had a winning record so it's just delightful to root for a team that is interesting and usually good and it's great i, I love them all well i i think i love them all <laughs> i i will add two more things and then we can move on because we, we, we still have other things to talk about other than what we're thankful for. Uh, so first thing, uh, and I'll, I'll touch on this quickly because uh, technically there are other aspects that haven't been considered yet, but uh, I'll say pass rushers because like the offensive line, we weren't sure what the hell we were getting this year at, at uh, as pass rushers are concerned. Obviously, we knew Leonard Floyd was going to do his thing. I mean, at least in theory, we knew. Um, you know, came back. He came back and kept playing at a high level, which thankfully, because, you know, he wasn't cheap. And then beyond that, um, you know, we had like a rotation of guys that have really stepped up. Guys like uh, Justin Hollins before he got hurt. Uh, you know, uh, Terrell Lewis and... And uh, Oboe have stepped up from time to time. And then now the recently acquired Von Miller, um, you know, we haven't really saw what he's capable of yet, just yet with this team. Uh, So based on what we know on Von Miller, and as soon as we play against a team like the Green Bay Packers that rely a lot on passing instead of just a rushing team like the 49ers, I'm pretty sure we're going to see the impact Von Miller is going to have. So really, really thankful for pass rushers. And since we're kind of on the same subject as Von Miller, thankful for our front office. You know, you may not agree, and I certainly don't agree with everything that they do, but one thing you cannot disagree with 
is that this front office, particularly Les Snead, they they do everything they can to set up the Rams with success. Doesn't always work, but at least they try. You can you can bitch, you can complain about every little transaction they do, but at least they do it. Talk to any other franchise out there that would be dying to have the same kind of impact that Les Snead has. Like, uh, let's see, how about the Jacksonville Jaguars? Yeah, they make transactions, but not in the right way. You know, they they basically just continuously build on future. Well, when the hell is the present going to happen, you know? Um, you know, that makes all the difference. And you can almost see an immediate change in culture when Les Snead came, came aboard. I, again, not perfect. But I feel like he definitely set up the Rams for success, or at least helped set up the Rams for success, um, you know, this season. So thankful for the, for Snead in the front office. Yeah, the the Rams as a franchise changed in a major way when Jeff Fisher and Les Snead arrived, and then changed in another major way when John McVay arrived. And Snead was here for both of those ten years. He certainly made the team a lot more interesting. He's never been afraid to make moves. And, I mean, look at this podcast, man. We've spent the last, what, five months shitting on the 2-2 Outlaw draft pick. Never once have we been even remotely saying anything that, A, they were bad at their jobs, or, B, they needed to go because they're a great front office. They'll occasionally make awful decisions, but most front offices do. And usually they're making great Decisions that lots of front offices wouldn't make. Uh, it's great to have them around. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Um. All right. Well, before we get to the Packers, I think we could run through some players coming out of the bye week that we want to see step up in a big way. You. So you mentioned this guy, and one of the things you were thankful with the first guy I want to hit on on my list is Von Miller, and that's not to say that he had a bad game against the Forty Nine ers because I just think he had a good game. But you know, we gave up a lot to get this guy potentially for 10 games before he leaves. Hopefully he's here for quite a bit, but he needs to not just be good. He needs to be great. He needs to be dominant. I want to see him just wreaking havoc on quarterbacks 
And this is a great time to start with Aaron Rodgers. With, uh, Dave Bakhtiari is likely going to be out again. He's got to fill it up. He's got to stuff the stat sheet with sacks. He's got to be making plays. And, you know, I have no faith that he's going to be very good. But he, I, I need him or I would like to see him be an absolute terror and force and just a guy that next Aaron Donald, Donald, nobody is going to want to face this unit on the other side of the field. And I'm optimistic that he will be. Who do you want to see step up? Ooh, that that's uh that's a good question. There's so many that I I would. Uh one guy that I'd like to say is on, on kind of like the opposite side here. I'm going to say Odell Beckham Jr. I know we just got him. Not going to sit here and and rant that he had a terrible game against the 49ers because let's be fair here. He he only had like 2 days to to learn an entire offensive playbook, and, and that just wasn't going to happen. And truthfully, if Robert Woods was healthy, uh, he he would he wouldn't have played at all. At least I don't think so, anyway. Uh, but I I would like to see Odell step up here, you know, mainly because we all know what Odell is capable of. I don't think there's anyone here that can sit here and say that at one time Odell wasn't very good. You know, he he's definitely was, you know, one of the best wide receivers, if not the best wide receiver at one point. Uh, he's far from that right now, but I'd like to see him step up and become that leader, become that guy um, that every, you know, that offenses can really depend on. Um, because really he didn't have a whole lot of success in Cleveland um, and it could very well be just because Baker Mayfield wasn't the right guy for him. Um, but I think, you know, given enough time and given enough, uh, you know, uh, practice and everything, I think Matthew Stafford and Odell Beckham can be a nice tandem there. Uh, so in reality, we need Odell to step up because I don't know if he can fill this void that, you know, Robert Woods left. So um, for me, that's one of my, one of the guys I'm, I'd like to see step up, uh, you know, for the rest of the season. Um, not suggesting that he's been terrible because we've only had him for one game, but I definitely would like to see this guy step up and become that leader that I think he can be. And it's interesting when you compare him and Von Miller because with Von Miller, he he has absolutely nothing to prove. You know, he could walk in here and play awful for the next 10 games and then retire, and he's a first bout Hall of Famer. Whereas with Odell, uh, he's coming off a pretty brutal tenure in Cleveland where all, all his teammates were basically, not all of them, but a lot of them were vocally standing against him, and he's going to be a free agent. He's got a lot of money to be made if he plays well, and if he doesn't, he will lose a lot of money, and, and he might whimper out into being, um, you know, one of the cautionary tales of young stars. So I I, I, I think he's going to have a big chip on his shoulder, and I think he's going to be out here to something, to something to prove, and I, I'm optimistic he will prove it. And I, I think on the flip side, I, I'd like to see Van, Van Jefferson step up too and you know he's been he's been solid but with Woods out you know he's the guy that's been here he's established 
on this roster. He knows the playbook. And the Rams last year spent uh, the 57th pick on him, which they also spent on too well. But, you know, I, I think it's going to be big time for him, him to shine and earn himself some money in the future too as well and prove that he can be not just the tertiary op- – airy option next to two really good receivers, but be a really good receiver in his own right. That's fair. I I think, um, you know, this is a a great opportunity for Van Jefferson. Uh, Obviously, you know, they, they still have Cooper cup and like, like I mentioned earlier, Odell. uh, So it'd be a perfect opportunity for a guy like Van Jefferson to shine. Um, and and uh, if he does so, you know, could be a nice uh, a nice log jam of wide receivers next season, uh, considering everybody stays healthy. Uh, but uh, as for the next guy for me, I'm going to have to say uh, Ernest Jones going on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, the inside linebacker rookie. Um you know, he's had his moments where he stepped in and, and shined a little bit. Now that Kenny Young is out, uh, you know, with uh, Denver, you have a, an opportunity for a guy like Ernest Jones to step in and be that guy. Troy Reader is there. <laughs> Quality backup, if you ask me, but I don't find him a starter. And... uh while Ernest Jones is is a rookie still, and he has some growing pains to go through, I would like him to you know use every opportunity he gets to really step up and and uh, become the player that we're all hoping he can be. And uh, you know it's a lot to ask for a rookie to do this, but um, if he if he can step up and um, you know especially uh, against the Packers this week. I think that'll be very uh, beneficial um, because one of the ways the Packers beat us in the playoffs last year was by attacking the inside linebacking core, which is not really a system that they're known for. But because of how good of a quarterback Aaron Rodgers is and how familiar that Matt LaFleur was of the Rams, uh, he, he they formulated a plan and it worked flawlessly. So uh, I, I'm hoping that uh, Ernest Jones can step in and take away, you know, some of the pressure that that was placed on Troy Reader last season. So, um, uh, really hoping that Ernest Jones comes in and steps up. Not asking him to be a Pro Bowler or anything like that. That'd be very unfair to ask, but to at least, you know, be decent. <laughs> yeah, and I I think he's been solid. In for the most part, but has obviously taken some lumps, and uh, yeah, it'd be, it'd be great if he could be be solid because it, the Packers have are not the only team that has attacked our inside linebacking core in the last few years. It seems like everybody has started to realize that that is how you exploit this team on defense. You know, it's a weak unit, and if, if he if he could develop really into a strong player, it, it would be a absolute godsend for this team. Um, I, and the last time I guy on my list before we get to Packers is, is Darius Williams, you know, because we, we, we trot three cornerbacks out of the field at all times. Jalen Ramsey is almost always fantastic. The Robert Rochelle, David Long, Smorgasbord is almost always a disaster. Dante Dayon is 
less of a disaster. But Darius Williams is a guy who was really good last year, who we relied on big time, and I don't think he's earned, you know, he's going to be a free agent. I don't think he's earned much of a big contract this offseason yet. And I, I want to see this guy get a bag, whether it's here or elsewhere. And in order to get that, he's got to get back to the level he was playing at last year. And it would be a huge help for this even if we could get there because we know there's weaknesses in the secondary and he shouldn't be one of them. You know, he, he should be part of the solution and not part of the problem. And he's good enough to do it. That That's a very good point because this was a guy that we were all counting on, uh, you know, going into the season to be that, you know, solid guy next to uh, J- Jalen Ramsey. And, uh, you know, even with the departure of Troy Hill, we thought that Darius Williams was still going to be that solid guy next next to Ramsey, but it hasn't really been the case this season. Um, and there's a nice motorcycle in the background for you guys. So nice. Yeah, some nice uh, ASMR for you guys. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. This never really happens like other than when I'm podcasting, I have no idea why. Uh, but uh, there you go, motorcycle ASMR for you guys. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I I completely agree. If Darius Williams can even go back to a quarter, well, maybe not a quarter, uh, at least half the player he was last season, I think the Rams will be good. You know, I I think that they'll be a solid team. Uh, and, and to tell you the truth, it, it's one of the concerns I have, especially coming off this bye week against the Green Bay Packers. Uh, you know, obviously Aaron Rodgers is still one of the best quarterbacks in the league. So, you know, having having Darius Williams, you know, cover anybody on, on the Green Bay Packers roster, it, it's it's concerning and obviously he hasn't been total trash he's been decent at times but uh he he has to pick up the slack for the rest of the guys that haven't been able to do uh their jobs you know so uh it it can't just be Jalen Ramsey in other words it has to be Darius Williams too so totally agree with you Steve that's that's actually a really good point for sure. Do you have anyone else you wanted to hit on, or you want to talk about this backer game? Oh, well, I have plenty, but uh, let, let's go ahead and move on to the Packer game because it, it's it's going to be a really important and key game for the Rams this year. Okay, guys, so the Rams the they're <laughs> coming out of a bye week, and they've let us down a little bit the last couple of weeks. But I'm optimistic, and I hope you are too. And as an optimistic person. I'm, I'm definitely here trying to look into how I can get some of these games, how I can see them finish out down the stretch, maybe into the playoffs. And if you're looking for Rams tickets like like I may be, the best place to look for them is TickPick, T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K. If you're unfamiliar with it, it's the original no-fee ticket website. It's the only website you're going to need for any sports tickets, whether it's the NFL, whether it's the NBA, whether it's the NHL. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that other websites charge. And that means they can guarantee you the best prices on all their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? You find a better price on the same seats on another ticket site, you bring them to TickPick, they'll give you 110% of the difference in your purchase price. So if, if you want to get in there, you want to get a discount, 
we got one for you. Head over to TickPick.com slash RTR. That's RTR and use our promo code. Again, RTR. You're going to get $10 off your first pair of tickets using TickPick. And, you know, sports are back. Fans are back. It's a great time to get some games. So I hope you guys can get out there. And if you're trying to get a game, whether it's the Rams or anyone else, T-I-C-K, P-I-C-K, TickPick is your place to be. Avoid those hidden fees at TickPick.com. So the last time the Rams played in Lambeau was last January where our season ended 32 to 18 loss to the Packers. I mean, I would say out of the three playoff losses we've had under Sean McVay, this was probably the one where we really shouldn't have won. Uh, They were a much better team than we were last year, but obviously things have changed for both sides and for us, you know, Last year was an admirable performance from Jared Goff. He played well, and that being said, his playing well was 21 of 27 for 174 yards and a touchdown. And we were all really happy with his performance. But now Matthew Stafford's at the helm, and you're going to expect your quarterback to play better. But before we get to the Rams, I mean, let's talk about Green Bay a little bit. Tail of the tape. They are the two seed in the NFC Number one in the AFC North. They're eight and three. They've scored some big wins. They got a win over the Cardinals, which is going to be huge for them, chasing that number one seed. They beat the 49ers, the Bengals, the Steelers, among some other teams. Their losses include a loss of the Saints, which was a very fluky game in week one, a loss of the Chiefs, in which they only gave up 13 points, and Aaron Rodgers didn't play. So you would think if Rodgers didn't get COVID and didn't miss that game that they'd probably be nine and two and in first place in the NFC. Although they did lose this week to the Vikings, uh, which was a, I was a normal loss. It's a very normal loss. Uh, they're 18th in yards per game, 17th in points per game. Despite those numbers, still a, their offense should be very scared of their fit. Fifth fewest points allowed this season. They got a plus seven turnover differential because Aaron Rodgers never turns over the ball. I mean, at large, how do you feel about the Packers? Are they are they as good as advertised? You know, I, I feel like the the Packers have some flaws um, that isn't really talked about too often just because they are still a very good team despite the flaws. Uh, So I I will say, I I mean, part of it was exposed last week against the uh, Minnesota Vikings. Just wasn't a good outing for them. But I feel like, uh, again, other than maybe the Arizona Cardinals, I, I feel like every team in the NFL has had like such an awful outing. Uh, you know, the Rams are no stranger to that, but <laughs> they've had three uh, of them. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, uh, that being said, you, you'd be crazy if you, you if you think that the Rams are going to blow through this game effortlessly. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I would love to see that the Rams, you know, have such an amazing victory over the Green Bay Packer, uh, Packers. Talking is hard. Uh, yeah, I, I would love to see them win effortlessly, but that's that's going to be tough. Um, I I don't believe for a second that this won't be a challenging game. 
And uh, I, I think this is going to be a very close contest, though. I, I don't think that the Packers will dominate the Rams, at least I hope not. Um, so that being said, to answer the question, absolutely, I think this is going to be a tough game. Uh, but I think it's still a very winnable game. Yeah, the Rams are a one-point underdog in this game, which on the road honestly feels a little low. You know, they're if if given that line, if it was a neutral field, they'd be favored, which is uh, kind of surprising to me. I very winnable game, uh, pretty evenly matched team. So I mean, to me, I would say. If I had to pick a team to come out of the NFC today, it would be the Packers. And that's not to say they're not flawed, but every team in the NFL is flawed this year. You know, there there is not a team I could point to and say I would be shocked if this team didn't make or win the Super Bowl. Be- because it's there, there it's 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 pretty pretty even out this year. It's it's a pretty loaded league, and and nobody has separated themselves from the pack at all. So it is a winnable game, but. Packers are really fucking good, man. They got a lot of good players. I mean, they are coming off a loss, and I, I watched the tape before this podcast. The Rams are coming off a loss, and the Packers are coming off a loss, but our loss is way worse. You know, we got blown out uh, on both sides of the ball, looked terrible, nothing really positive to take out of that San Francisco game, whereas the Packers were down some bodies, they played a division rival on the road. They lost by three. So it's not like, you know, that's a game that good teams still lose. You know, the, the Rams shouldn't be getting blown out by the 49ers. If they lost to the 49ers 34 to 31, I don't think we would be would have been acting like the sky was falling last week. Looking at that's, that game, <laughs> like looking at that game against the Vikings, the Vikings did one thing really well. And they actually did it last year, which was drafting Justin Jefferson, because to me, that was the number one reason why they won this game was that they kept feeding that dude. He kept making plays. He was dominant. And I feel like the Rams, you know, they offensively, they are a lot of similarities to the Vikings personnel wise, at least. They got one their top receivers, one of the best in the league. They throw the ball to him all the fucking time. Cooper Cup, Jan, uh, Justin Jefferson. Uh, you know, both teams have versatile running backs, although obviously Dalvin Cook is better than Daryl Henderson, but Daryl Henderson's very good. Uh, and they got a quarterback that <laughs> is not afraid to make mistakes uh, and will take a lot of chances. And the Vikings in this game, there was a couple of Cousins passes that were very close to or were turnovers that either got dropped or were overturned. Um, <laughs> they 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 were lucky to escape this game with a win. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, the blueprint's there. They're, the Packers are beatable, and it'll be interesting to see if they drop two games in a row uh, heading into this one. Yeah, that that's for sure. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> I will still say this, though. I would much rather have Matthew Stafford over Kirk Cousins. Just saying. I would rather have him. I I don't know if I would say, like, I would much rather have him. I would definitely rather have him by a pretty good margin. Um, let, let me ask you this. Last offseason, if you were 
had the option of making the Matthew Stratford trade or straight up trading Jared Goff for Kirk Cousins, which one would you have taken? So, in other words, doing the same Matthew Stafford trade or just straight up Kirk Cousins for uh, for Jared Goff. Yeah, so you don't trade the two picks. Like, is Stafford two first-round picks worth of an upgrade over Kirk Cousins? I mean, in that case, I, I would definitely take the, the Cousins trade just because, I mean, that's substantially less. Uh, but... I would still rather have Stafford as a quarterback. Yeah, I agree. And honestly, I feel like Kirk Cousins was probably acquirable if Sean McVay wanted him over Stafford because there was a lot of animosity, I feel like, this offseason between him and that team. Um, But (laughs) we're not here to talk about Kirk Cousins. We're here to talk about Aaron Rodgers. Guy is fucking unbelievable. He had a bad week one He missed another game, but since week one in the games he's played, 2,438 yards, 21 touchdowns, two interceptions, 113 passer rating, 271 yards per game, completing 68% of his passes. Uh, The overall numbers go down when you add in that Saints game, but he's still only thrown four interceptions this season. He is, man, he's as good as ever. He's really just... Like it looks like he's playing a different sport at times. Uh, I am was terrified to play him against him in last year's playoffs. I'm terrified to play him again. We are desperately going to need our pass rush to hammer this dude uh, if we want to be able to win this game. And it's certainly possible. As I mentioned before, the, the Packers are banged up. Uh, Bakhtiari, their their best offensive lineman, is out. His backup just tore his ACL. So. Well, Bakhtiari might play, but he he didn't play last week. It seemed unlikely he's going to play again this week. We'll see. It's still early in the week. Um, And obviously an offense, Alan Lazard misses. It was Alan Lazard, right? Not MVS that missed this game. Yeah. Alan Lazard was out, wide receiver. See if he's back next week. Aaron Jones, a star running back, missed last week's game. He's not going to play this week. A.J. Dillon, not bad, though. So it's a banged-up unit. The Rams will have opportunities to make it tough for them, but... If they let Aaron Rodgers sit in the pocket, and even if they shadow Devontae Adams with Jalen Ramsey, which we certainly all hope they do, they're going to get torched. They have to get pressure on him and make him uncomfortable back there all day because if he has time to sit there against and gets to target the likes of Troy Reader and David Long and Robert Rochelle and Nick Scott – He's going to have a field day. Yeah, I, I mean, in, in general, Aaron Rodgers is is still a beast. But um, it, one of the things that you that Aaron Rodgers can pride himself on is that he doesn't make mistakes. You know, he or at least rarely does it. And you know, that's kind of one of the things about having one of the best quarterbacks in the league. That being said, um, one thing to take a look at in the Minnesota Vikings game over the Green Bay Packers, they brought a lot of pressure to Aaron Rodgers, and he didn't like it. You know, he, you know, he didn't like getting hit, and there were times where I wasn't sure he was going to get up. You know, 
he's kind of banged up himself. And uh, if you bring that kind of pressure and you bring that, uh, you know, that kind of uh, that kind of hits to uh, Aaron Rodgers with Von Miller or Aaron Donald or Leonard Floyd, one of these guys, um, this will seriously alter the game. And that almost needs to be done because I, I don't know if uh, the Rams secondary can really uh, cover, you know, everyone out there. I mean, pretty much Aaron Rodgers can make any receiver that he has look like a superstar uh, when, when he wants to. So even if the Rams, uh, you know, shadow Adams out there with the, with um, Jalen Ramsey, I, I think that'll be fine, but you have to account for the other guys too. And for the love of God, Raheem Morris, please let Jalen Ramsey shadow Adams. <laughs> I, I I do not want to see Adams being covered by David Long or Robert Rochelle. I, I will be pissed if I see that. I I'm not somebody who has been calling for Raheem Morris to get fired or anything this year, but if Devontae Adams beats us in this game and most of his catches are not against Jalen Ramsey, that's a borderline fireable offense. You know, if he's not guarding him on every single play, that's one thing, but he should be guarding him the majority of plays. Yeah, I totally agree. And, and, you know, as far as, you know, the – Seeing Debo Samuel the the previous week or or two weeks ago rather, uh, not being guarded by Jalen Ramsey at least part of the time. I mean, he almost didn't cover him at all. That was aggravating. Now, mind you, it wasn't the reason why the Rams lost. I mean, there was so many reasons why the Rams lost, but it certainly contributed to it. And I don't want the same thing to happen with uh with the Packers this week because there's a reason why you know Adams is one of the best wide receivers in the league and then you know having one of the best quarterbacks passing it to him they're going to take advantage every time you know at, at the very least put Darius Williams on on uh on Adams I I really do not want to see <laughs> David Long or or Robert Rochelle on them. They they will make the defense look silly. I I guarantee you, if that happens, yeah, they, they're it, too good. They're too good to do that. And, and the the without Aaron Jones, the skill players around Aaron Rodgers besides Adams are a very average to below average group. I mean, Tunyon's okay. AJ Dillon's pretty good. But the receivers, I mean, Marquez Valdez-Scanling, I think is it's fine. But he's probably one of the worst second options in the NFL. Um, not in the division because the Lions exist there. But, you know, it's 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 Valdez-Scanling. It's Randall Cobb. It's uh, St. Brown, whose first name I cannot pronounce. If Bound Lazar's not out there, and even if he is, it's, it's a very middling group of receivers. Obviously, they all get elevated by Aaron Rodgers existing. But if, if you can find a way, like, if the Rams take Adams more or less out of the equation and get pressure on Rodgers and they still lose the game, that's fine. 
You know, man, like that's fine. It is what it is. There was if they do that, there was no way they were going to win the game, right? Like th- those to me are the obvious ingredients to winning this game, and obviously the offense needs to play good, which has not happened in a while. Um, and this is a good defense, but I mean, defensively, if Rodgers is getting getting feeling pressure every play, and if Adams has like four catches for fifty yards, and they still get cooked. There is absolutely nothing we could have done. And maybe, uh, to me, that'd be more of a testament to Rodgers than it will be our defense. Yeah, I, I could definitely agree with that. And the bottom line is, I feel like the Rams will also need to bully Aaron Rodgers. That that needs to happen. If, if, uh, if the Rams can get to Aaron Rodgers, this makes it a little bit, uh, a little bit more doable to stop this uh, high-powered offense. So I I really believe that the Rams are certain cap- certainly capable of doing that. It's just uh, depends really on on the, what type of offense that uh, LaFleur and, and uh, Aaron Rodgers comes out with. If they kind of take last year's approach, it'll be a little bit difficult, but not impossible. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The uh, Aaron Rodgers has been sacked 20 times this year, um, while not a, it's like an average amount. That's as many times he was sacked last year, and he still got six games left to play. So certainly, it it, it is going to be doable for the Rams to get to this dude. As, you know, especially compared to how good they were last year, the Rams. 29 sacks on the year. They're tied for fourth. Um, so, yeah, they, they got to bully him, and they got to make his living hell. And, I mean, the offense has to play well. And because last week's game was so embarrassing on defense, and that's taken a lot of the conversation up, the offense is the reason we lost to Tennessee, and they were not part of the solution last week. In the you know the two best teams we've played this year, the Cardinals and the Titans, the offense was bad. Uh, uh, the Bucks, okay, the, the offense was bad two out of the three games. That somebody was yelling in their car just now. I'm sorry. So, <laughs> I mean, again, against the really good teams they played, the offense has been one of three, and they were bad against the 49ers. Now they're obviously great in some other games. They're good against the Colts, uh, good against the Bears, but. They have to be great in this game. And, you know, the defense could give up 24 points and it could still be considered a good performance because they're playing a really good offense. You know, you can't expect them to give up 13 points. That That's a wild expectation. You need to go into this game saying our offense needs to score at least 24, 28 points to have a shot of winning this game. We can't go in there and turn the ball over. We can't go in there and go three and out a bunch of times. There needs to be a solid game plan coming in this game. Uh, I, 
think they should commit to running the ball a little bit more than usual um, because <laughs> certainly they had, they weren't running the ball last week and the offense wasn't good. Um, They just need to be better. Stafford needs to be better. McVay needs to be better. Uh, the receivers besides Cooper Cup need to be better. They they have to lead the charge in this victory. The defense can help, and there's they're going to need them to help. But if the if the defense gives up to like twenty points, the Rams should still be able to win the game because this is a really good offense. And if you can't do that, there's going to be a lot of concerns. For the love of God, do not do a fake field goal attempt. I don't think Sean McVay will attempt a fake field goal for the rest of his career. I I, sh- I should hope not. I genuinely don't think it will. Fake punts are another thing, but... <laughs> I, I mean, I, I'm all for fake punts, you know, especially at the right time. It, it's fine. But for a fake field goal, for the love of God, don't do that. Right. It's like with a fake punt, you usually don't do it like behind your own 30 unless you're John Fossil and you're a madman. And you do genuinely catch the defense off guard. And if you don't get it, you're just giving the offense better field position. A fake field goal, A, you're taking points off the board if you don't get it, which is likely. And B, you're much more likely for your offense to just go out there and get the first down. You know, you might not, you're probably not as likely for your offense to convert on fourth and 10 than you are for a fake punt to work at midfield. (laughs) You're way more likely to convert on fourth and eight in the red zone than successfully get a fake field goal. I mean, (laughs) I don't think it'll ever happen again. Uh, I, I mean, any any other things you want to talk about in this game? I Aaron Jones missing is certainly going to benefit the Rams. Uh, I, he's a much better pass catcher than A.J. Dillon. I feel like he's a much more versatile player. But as far as downhill runners go, A.J. Dillon's still solid. And the, the Rams' run defense needs to stop him, and that's going to involve making tackles, one thing that they have not done well in recent weeks. Aaron, Aaron AJ Dillon is basically like walking on two tree trunks. So these guys are going to have to pull him down and they have struggled tackling uh, recently. So it'll be interesting to see that matchup. Yeah, totally agree with you. The, uh, the defense really does need to step up, make some tackles, uh, especially, uh, I mean, by all indications, it doesn't seem like Aaron Jones is going to play in the game, but you never know. Very unlikely. Yeah. Uh, But still, you know, A.J. Dillon is a freaking massive running back, you know, uh, so he's he's not going to be one of the easier running backs to take down. So um, he may not be as talented as Aaron Jones is, at least maybe not in this stage of his career. But um, he's not one to be taken lightly. You know, Aaron Jones may not be playing, but A.J. Dillon is still a pretty talented player. So um, the defense really needs to bring their A game because uh, there are so many ways that the Green Bay offense can beat you, even with uh, some of their 
uh, star players out, and that's kind of the scary thing about them. When you got 12 back there, man, and you got 17 catching passes, it's hard to build a team around them that can't win games. Although, yeah, I mean, Rodgers is, by all accounts, one of the best quarterbacks ever, and Adams is one of the best receivers in the league. So they're not fun to play. They never will be. Uh, they weren't fun to play last January. They're not going to be fun to play this week. And they're not going to be fun if we have to play them again in the playoffs. Give me your prediction. Do you think the the Rams end the three-game skid? I do. I, I do. And this could be the fan in me. Uh, but somehow I don't think that the Rams are going to come out of this uh, this bye week without at least a sliver of a plan. At least I would hope that they they would at least formulate some sort of plan. So uh, for me, I, I'm not going to be naive and say that this is going to be, uh, you know, a thrashing by the Rams, but I do think the Rams will, will kind of put the league on notice that they're back. And for that reason, I'm going to say that the Rams are going to win a very close one, 34 to 27. Yeah, I got 31-27 Rams, though I'm not that confident in it. I will say I – yeah, they they know what has happened the last two weeks. I think offensively, defensively, they're both going to come out with actual game plans and good ones, and we'll see if they can execute it and win the game. I, I think they can, but it's obviously going to be a tough game in Lambeau in late November. Luckily, we have a quarterback who is well-adapted to playing in that environment – and I'm confident that he could have a solid game. He's played against this team plenty of times. Uh, if they come out and get blown out in this game, I think they lose in the first round of the playoffs. I have absolutely no faith that if they if they walk into Lambeau and just get steamrolled, they're going nowhere. Yeah, I, I think that's a pretty fair assumption, which that's that's not going to be good if that happens. No, but if if – if they come into this game and lose, like what I say, right? They went thirty-one to twenty-seven. If they lose thirty-one to twenty-seven, I will feel okay, you know, because as long as you compete in this game, they they have two new players that are still getting integrated that are big parts of the offense. They lost Robert Woods. The Packers are really fucking good. It just they just need to to look like a contender in this game, and you don't win every game. If you lose to the eight and three Packers on the road, it is not that big of a deal. If you get embarrassed by them after dropping two embarrassing losses, then you're probably fucked. Um, hopefully, we come out, we play well, we win this game. But if we come out, we play well and lose a close one, uh, I I will still feel better than I did after the last two games. Uh, they just need to look like a real football team, and they haven't in a while. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Uh, I I believe that uh, the Rams will will come out and, uh, like I said, they they've had opportunity to formulate a plan, and I think they will. Uh, Sean McVay is the type of coach that likes to bounce back and improve. Um, let's hope that that trend kind of continues. And uh, if so, 
I think that this will at least be a close game. Yeah, and it, it'll it's this game's going to set the tone for the rest of the year. After Green Bay, they play Jacksonville at Arizona, home against Seattle, at on the road against Minnesota, on the road against the Ravens, home against the 49ers. There are, I would say, two easy matchups in there because I personally think the Seahawks are fucking terrible at this point. Uh, Jacksonville is obviously not good, but there's a lot of good teams. They're on the road against the Packers. They're on the road against the Cardinals. They're on the road against the Vikings. They're on the road against the Ravens. Three of those teams are going to be contending for a Super Bowl, and one of them just beat a team contending for the Super Bowl. So it's going to be a gauntlet down the stretch. Do you think there's any chance the Rams get the one seed? No. Yeah, I agree. I, no, no fucking shot. I, I would love for for them to get the one seed, but quite frankly, Arizona's been playing really good football, and uh, I I just don't see them losing that much. Uh, and, and on top of that, the Rams have a very tough schedule, and if I'm not mistaken, they have the toughest schedule out of any team remaining. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think there's really a universe where the Rams end up with a one seed, but I hope I'm wrong. I really do. The good news is the Rams play the Packers, they play the Cardinals. They play the Vikings. If they win out, they probably will get the one seed if you're a glass half full guy. I don't think they're going to win out. I think, you know, looking at the last stretch of games and how they've played the last couple weeks, they probably finish like 11 and 6, which is fine. Maybe, maybe 12 and 5, which is fine, man. You just got to get to January. And if. They get to January, and the offense is looking good. If Odell's integrated, if Von Miller's integrated, they're going to have as good a chance as anybody because this is not this is the league. There's nobody set themselves apart. It's wide open. There's a lot of good teams, but we're one of them. Hopefully, we'll find out this week. <laughs> Any parting thoughts before we wrap up? Uh, just go Rams. <laughs> go Rams. Uh, follow us on Twitter. At Johnny Five Nine Six, at C Ribeiro, at Talk Rams. Sit down with their family and just eat Thanksgiving dinner and hope that the Rams can end their three-game losing streak. And hopefully, we will talk to you after a win next week. Tell Sean Payton keep talking that. We gonna see him soon. You feel me? happening daily we're being conned by the institutions we used to trust the mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing american families time is short before something big happens and that's why so many folks are preparing they're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from my patriot supply go to mypatriotsupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. 
At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.